Shalom to all. Today's off is Erevin Pei Aleph. We are starting Pamud Bays at the Mishnah, five lines up from the bottom. Today's off is sponsored by Esther Malka Basleya. Hashem should grant her a Fua Shlema Bekar of Mamish. And the Mishnah says, B'chom Aravin Mishnatvin, we're allowed to make an Erev or Shitufim advice with anything, all sorts of food, Chutzman Amayim and Amalch, except for water and salt. Divir Rebbe that's Rebbe Lazar's opinion. Rabbi Shuaimer, he says, Kikar Hu Erev, a loaf of bread is what we're allowed to make an Erev with. Afilu Mafe Sa'a, even if it's baked with a Sa'a flour, which is an enormous amount of flour, the Hu Prusa, but it's broken in Ma'arvin Ba, you're not allowed to make an Erev with it. Kikar Ke Isser, however, if we have a loaf of bread, which is the size of an Isser, which is a small coin, the Hu Shalim, but it's Shalim, it is whole Ma'arvin Ba, you're allowed to make an Erev with it. And the Gemara Pal Fam Alpha on top asks, Tanin Khadizimno, we already learned this once. Bukhom Arvin Mustafin, we're allowed to make an air vashit with anything, Khutzmana Maiva Melch, except for water and salt. Why do we need to have it in the Mishnah again? The Gemara answers Amarabah, Lafukmin Rabishua, specifically to exclude Rabishua's opinion. The Amar he says, Kikar in Midechrinoloi, you're only allowed to use the loaf of bread and nothing else. Kamashmon the Khidash is Bukhal, you're allowed to use anything, all sorts of food. Aswe Abaya Bai asks, we have a Braisa Bukhom Arvin Rikatsers, Muhammad Shatfin Shitufim Mavis, we're allowed to make an air of Rashid out of anything, Vulaim Rula Arabas, and they only said that we should make an Erev with bread, only in a chatzar, meaning when we're making an Erev in a chatzar, and Rashi explains that the word bakal means we're allowed to make it with anything, meaning any sort of bread. And who tells us that you're only allowed to use bread and nothing else? Rabbi Yeshua, it's Rabbi Yeshua. The Katani in this brisa describes using bread as bakal, we're allowed to use anything, but it's still limited to bread. So the same way that this brisa says the word bakal, and it means just bread, so therefore it could also be that when our Mishnah says bakal, it's speaking about using only bread in an Erev, and it's not a disproof to Rabbi Yeshua. So El Amar Rabba Barachan Alafukim with Rabbi Yeshua it is coming to exclude Rabbi Yeshua's opinion to Amar Shlema in Prusalai. He says you're only allowed to use a whole loaf of bread and not a broken one. Kamashmalan the Chiddush is Bakal. We're allowed to use anything, meaning any sort of bread, even if it's broken. And now the Gemara asks Prusa my time Why is it that we're not allowed to use a broken loaf of bread? On Rabbi Yisim Ben Shol, Amar Rabbi he says Mishum Eva because of hatred, meaning the people in the huts are going to get upset at each other. If one person gives a whole loaf, another person gives a broken piece, the person that gave the whole loaf is going to be upset. Why is it that I have to give more than the other fellow? Therefore. Everyone has to give a whole loaf of bread. What about if everyone gave pieces or broken loaves of bread? Would that be valid? Because now there's no Eva. He responded, Perhaps we're going to go back to the original challenge. Someone's going to forget. One person's going to give a whole loaf, and then he's going to get upset. Why did I have to give more than everyone else? And now the Gemara is going to define what's considered a whole loaf, even if it's missing a piece. If a piece the size of challah was removed from this dough, or this amount was removed from this loaf of bread, now Dimua is when Truma falls into Chulin. If there's one part Truma to 100 parts Chulin, then one part can be removed and the remainder is Mutter. So if that amount was removed from this loaf of bread, Ma'avrin Laiba, we're allowed to make an Erev with it. It's still considered whole. You had to take off Chala anyway or remove this Dimua amount. The Gemara asks Vatani, if the amount of Dimua was taken off, you are allowed to make an Erev with it. If the amount of Chala was taken off, you are not allowed to make an Erev with it. The Gemara says, Laikasha. That's not a question. One is talking about a baker's loaf and one is talking about a homeowner's loaf. Now we have a Mishnah. Shir Chala, what is the Shir of Chala? Echad Me'asim Varabah, 124th of the dough. That's if someone's making a dough for themselves or for their child's chasana. Echad Me'asim Varabah, that's 124th of the dough. But if we have a baker who's going to be selling this Chala in the marketplace, or if we have a homeowner, a woman, she wants to sell her Chala in the marketplace also, then Chala is only 148th of this dough. Therefore, if 148th is removed, that's still allowed to be used for an Arab, it's considered whole. However, 124th was removed from this Chala, 
then it's not allowed to be used for the Erev because it's not considered Shalem. And we're continuing to talk about broken loaves. Armor of Chizda, tougher Bekesam, if it was sewn with a splinter of wood, my Arvon Leibah, we're allowed to make an Erev with it. Now, obviously, we're not talking about sewing a loaf of bread together. We're just taking a splinter or a wood chip, some sort of piece of wood. We're sticking it into one part of the loaf, and then the broken piece is placed on the other part of this piece of wood, and now it looks like a whole loaf, and now it's allowed to be used. Now, the Gemara asks, well, Tanya, we have a bride, so ain't my Arvon Leibah, you're not allowed to make an Erev with it. Mar says, like, Hasha, no problem. One is you could tell where the seam of this broken loaf is, so you could tell that it was two halves pieced together, so then you're not allowed to use it because it's not really shalim. However, if you cannot tell where it was pieced together, so then it looks like a whole loaf of bread, and we're not going to run into an issue of Ava. And then Mark continues, We're allowed to make an Erev with rice bread or millet bread. I always explain this from Marshmul, we're allowed to use rice bread, you're not allowed to use millet bread because no one eats daichen. And Amar Chia Bar Avin, Amar Rav, Ma'arvin Pasadashim, you're even allowed to use lentil bread as an Erev. The Gemara asks, Eni is at Zova, Hida Vay Bashani Demar Shmuel. There's a person that lived in the time of Shmuel, and he made a loaf of lentil bread, Vishadi Lekalbe, and he threw it to his dog, Veloy Achlan, his dog didn't eat it. And if a dog's not going to eat something, that means it's not fit for human consumption either. So how could we say that you're allowed to use a loaf of lentil bread for an Erev if a dog didn't even eat it? The Gemara answers, Ahida Sharmin Havay, that was actually made out of other ingredients and not only lentils. The Chsivit says in the Pasuk, and this is talking about the Nevoah that Yechaskal had. Baruch Hu told him to make a loaf of bread made out of a number of different ingredients and that loaf of bread was not fit for human consumption and it had lentils and other things in it. And it says in the Pasuk, you should take for yourself chit and wheat, usairim and barley, upulim, beans, vadashim and lentils, v'daychen and millet, v'kusman and spelt. So when we have a loaf of bread made out of all of these inferior ingredients, so then it can't be eaten. However, lentil bread alone, it's pure lentil bread, then that's okay. Rav Papa Amr, he says, that was actually roasted on top of human excrement and that's why it was unedible. The Chesivit says in the Pasuk, and it, meaning the loaf of bread with the excrement of people, it should be baked in front of their eyes. So again, that's another reason why it's unedible. And now we just explain the continuation of the Pasuk. So why does the Pasuk say it should be eaten as a loaf of barley bread? We just said it has a number of different ingredients, not just barley. Amr Chizri says, it doesn't mean barley, it means you should eat it in measured amounts, meaning there's going to be such a famine, you're not going to have enough food, you're going to have this inferior loaf of bread, and you're going to have to eat it piece by piece, you're not going to be able to eat it to full satiation. Rav Papa Amr, he says, Its shape was like the shape of barley bread, which is a really unappetizing looking loaf of bread, and not like the shape of a loaf of wheat bread, which is very appetizing and very pretty looking. And the Mishnah says, A person can give money to the storekeeper that lives in his mavoy, there's a little makolet in the mavoy, or to the baker that lives in his mavoy, so that this storekeeper, or that this baker, is mezaka the Erev to him, that's Rebbe opinion. Now, what's going on over here? Reuven's giving money to the makolet or the baker, instructing them that when the representative of the Mavui's residence comes to purchase the food for the shitof, he, that is Reuven, should have a chilek in this. And that's a contra blazer that's permitted. They say, his money wasn't zaycha anything for him. He didn't acquire a stake in the Erev. Why not? That's because we know money cannot create a halachic kenyan. We need mashicha or some other form of kenyan. As we're going to learn in the Gemara, if money was kinda, then we run into an issue called your wheat has all burnt up. If I own the object by merely paying for it and not doing mashicha, then if there's a fire in the store, the store owner's not going to be inclined to save my merchandise. He's just going to say, oh, I'm sorry, it's gone. So 
therefore, we have to do more than just give money. We have to do Mashiach. So back to our case, when Reuven gave the storekeeper money, he intended to purchase a stake in the Erev, but he wasn't actually kind of anything because all he did was give money. Therefore, when the food is purchased by the Erev committee later on, he has no part in it, and that's why it's not valid according to the Chachamim. However, with other people, meaning if he gave money to someone else in his Chatzar, a private person, not a storekeeper, that his money was Zaycha and part of the Erev for him. Why is that? Now, this is different because here he gave it to Shimon, his friend, and friends don't usually sell things to each other. Therefore, the money is really just Reuven's way of appointing Shimon as his shliach. And when Shimon joins in the Erev, he adds food for Reuven as a present, not because Reuven purchased it. And that's why in this case, he is Zohar to be part of the Erev, according to the Chachamim. And now the Chachamim explained the first part of the Mishnah, why when he gives money to the storekeeper, it's not a valid Erev. We can only make an Erev for a person with his consent. And in the first case, he knows Ma'is Enon Kainais and that he doesn't have a stake in the Erev. And therefore, even if the Erev committee includes him in the Erev, he isn't part because we need his official consent. Whereas Rabbi Yehuda argues, Am Rabbi Yehuda, Bamed Varmurim, when is it said? Be'erev Tchumen. This is only when we're trying to do it Erev Tchumen. That's because it's a chayv for him. It's not beneficial for him to only be allowed to go in that direction, not the other direction. That's why we need his express consent. Avol Be'erev Chatzers. When we're talking about Erev Chatzers, Ma'arv Lodayte Vishloy Lodayte, we can make an Erev with his consent and even without his consent because he can't go anywhere else anyway. Only allowed to do his chos for a person if he's not there. We can benefit someone if he's not there and if he doesn't know about it. We're not allowed to do something without a person's knowledge if it's going to be a detriment, a chayv for him. And now the Gemara asks, My time to Rebbe why does Rebbe say it's valid when he gave money to the store owner? He never did Mashicha. So, Rebbe Lazar made Erev just like four times of the year. Now, Erev Pesach, Shvuas, Rosh Hashanah, and Shemini Atzeres are times when enormous quantities of meat are consumed, and in order to ensure that there was enough meat for all, the Chachamim established that simply paying for an item is considered a halachic Kenyan. Therefore, we see that now we have a Mishnah, Bedad Prakim Elu, at these four times of the year, we will force the butcher to shecht an animal against his will, even though this ox is worth a thousand diner, and this buyer only purchased one diner's worth in this cow, we still force the butcher to shecht it so that, that person can have his meat. Therefore, in Mace, if this cow dies, Mace it dies for the detriment of the Lekech, he already purchased his stake, pun intended, in this cow. And therefore, he does not get any meat because his cow died. It dies for the He never did a Mashiach. Rav Huna says, He did do a Mashiach on the cow, and he acquired a one diner's worth in this cow. We say, If so, What does the Sefer that Mishnah say? The rest of the year, it's not like that. Therefore, even if the person had paid money for this cow in Mace, if it died, it dies for the detriment of the seller, and the seller has to give this person his money back because the person was never really kind of any part of the cow. But now we ask Amai, why is that? He already did Mashicha, and so therefore he was already kind of part of the cow. So Amr Shmuel Bar Yitzchak, really, what are we talking about? He didn't actually do Mashicha. What are we talking about over here? The seller, the butcher, was Mizaka it to the buyer through someone else. At these four times of the year, this chos it's a chos for this person to own part of this cow because we can force the butcher to shecht it even though he only is giving away one diner's worth. So therefore, we could do this chos even though the buyer is not there and he owns part of this cow. So if it dies, it's to his loss. But the rest of the year, that we're not going to force the butcher to shecht the cow, the chayv hulay. Therefore, it would be to this person's detriment if he owns part of this cow and then he dies, he loses his money. We can only do something for a person's detriment if he's there. Now, 
we have a different understanding of this Mishnah, and that's going to explain Rabbi Lazar's opinion in our Mishnah. At these four times of the year, the Chum decide to take their words and establish them on the original Da'irai. Money really does create a halacha Kenyan. So why did the Chum say that only Mashiach is Kaina and not just paying the money for it? We have this decree. Perhaps the seller is going to tell the buyer, oh, your wheat ended up burning in the storage house, and therefore I have nothing to give you. That's why Mashiach usually is kind of. However, at these times of the year, when you give money for something, since it's going to be very beneficial for you, the Chum say that halachically your money is going to make a Kenyan for you. So to hear in our Mishnah, Rebbe Lezer holds, since the Erev is going to be very beneficial for you, just giving money alone is going to make the Kenyan for you, and you don't actually have to do a Mashiach. And the Gemara continues to explain the Mishnah, that with anyone else, even just giving money is going to be kind of stake for him in the Erev. Who is this other person that we're referring to? Now we've already spoken it out. However, here the Gemara speaks it out. We're talking about a regular homeowner in this Mavoy or in this Chatzar. A regular homeowner. This is only talking about a baker. If it's just with a regular Balabayas, so he's going to be kind of, because we had said, he's mocked this food to his friend that gave him the money as a present and it wasn't really like a business deal. You pay me for something and I give it to you. And Vamar Shmuel, Shmuel continued saying, this whole halacha, that it's not valid by giving money to the store owner, Elamah, that's only if you gave him money, Avokli, but if you gave him a vessel, Kainas, so then you are Kainas taking the Erev. Why is that? Rashi says that we're referring to Kenyan Sudar. The buyer gives his handkerchief. Nowadays, we usually use a pen or a kippah. This is given to the store owner. This is a symbolic gesture showing that he now has acquired the items, and this is a halachic valid way of Kenyan. It's not like giving money. And Vamar Shmuel Shmuel continued saying, That's only if he said, Please be Mizaka me in the Erev, then it's not going to be valid. Aval Amar, Arevli, if he said, please make an heir for me, shleach shavya, he's just making him a shleach, vikani, and he's going to be kind of the heir of, even though he did this with the store owner. And the Gemara continues explaining the Mishnah, Amr Yehuda, when is it said by Erev Tchumen, we need to get his consent, but if it's Erev Chatseris, we do not need his consent. Amr Rav Yehuda, Amr Shmuel, Rav Yehuda the Amaira says, B'Shem Shmuel, Halacha, Kereb Yehuda, Halacha is like Reb Yehuda. Not only that, I will call Makim Shan Reb Yehuda Be'ervin, anytime Reb Yehuda teaches us Halacha and Ervin, Halacha Kamais, Halacha is like him. But now, Amr Leir of Chana by Dusal Reb Yehuda, Reb Chana from Baghdad asked Reb Yehuda, Amr Shmuel, did Shmuel say that the Halacha is like Reb Yehuda, even in regards to a Mavoy, that the Kaira Lechel was taken away, that you're allowed to carry there? Amr Leir, he responded, I told you the Halacha is like Reb Yehuda only with Ervin, but not with Mechitzas. And Amr Leir of Acha, Brady Ravala Ravashi, Halacha, by saying that the Halacha is like Reb Yehuda, Machal de Pligi, that implies that someone argues. Anytime Rabbi Huda says the word Amosai, when is this? Or the word Bameh, such as in Bameh Dvarmurim, when is this said? In our Mishnah, he's just coming to explain the words of the Chachamim. So he's not arguing with them. So why are you saying the Halachas like him? It implies that he's arguing with them. So the Gemara says, they don't argue. We have a Mishnah very clearly that says, if more people join the Mavoy, he can add food into the Erev, and he's allowed to be Mazaka to them. However, he does need their consent. So we see that there is an argument. The Gemara says, no, Hasam Over there, we're talking about a Chatzah that's in between two Mavois. Therefore, you need their consent. Do they want to join with Mavoy A or do they want to join with Mavoy B? And Rabbi Huda agrees in that case. The Gemara says, that's not true. This was said, The Rabbi Huda argues in that case also. So we see that there is a Machlaikas. The Gemara answers, you're right. Pay Bezom and Aleph on the top. Ela Gavra Gavra Karamis. You're asking a stira, one person or another, Shmuel on Rabbi Shuab and Levi, Mar Savar Pligi. According to Shmuel, they argue, and Mar Savar Lai Pligi. According to Rabbi Shuab and Levi, they don't argue, so therefore we have no issues. Rabbi Shuab and Levi's statement that Amosai 
and Bameh is just an explanation and not an argument, still could stand because the one that holds it, they argue, is Shmuel and not Rabbi Shub and Levi. And we're just going to go till the end of the parak to be able to start off tomorrow with a fresh parak. Gufa, we had just stated, Am Rabbi Shub and Levi, Kalmakam Shamur Rabbi Huda, Amosai, Ubameh. Anytime Rabbi Huda says the words Amosai or Ubameh, He's just coming to explain the words of the Chamim and he's not arguing. Rabbi Yechon says, Amosai is Lafarish. The word Amosai is just coming to explain. Ubameh is Lachlik. When he says the words Bameh, then he's arguing. So we see that both Rabbi Shub and Levi and Rabbi Yechon agree that the word Amosai is just an explanation and not an argument. But now the Gemara asks, Amosai is Amosai is an explanation and not an argument. We have a Mishnah. These are the people that are puzzled to give Edus. They are not allowed to give testimony. Hamasachah Bukovia, someone that plays with dice. Umalva Berebis, he lends with interest. Where he races pigeons, Shviyas, people who do business with Shemitah food. Now, there's quite a lot of discussion amongst the Mepharshim what the precise issue with gambling is and why one that gambles, bets, races pigeons, and the like would be prohibited from giving Eidos. All agree it's Aser. Some say Midirai, so some say Midirabonin. According to the Tanakhama over here, all of these things label the one involved in them a Russia, and Russia is not allowed to give Eidos. On Rabbi Huda, he says, Amosai, when is this Mancha Eloi Omnis Elohi? That's only if this is their only profession. The only profession they have is playing dice, racing pigeons, lending with interest, so on and so forth. If they have some sort of other profession, they would be permitted. Now, why is it that if this is their only profession, they're not allowed to give Eidos? That's because they're not involved in the normal activities and struggles for Panarsa as the rest of the world is. It's called that they're not Isaac B. Shuvishal Eilam. Therefore, they're not going to have any qualms about lying in court, causing someone else to lose money unjustly. However, if they have another profession and they do this on the side, Rabbi Yehuda would say they are allowed to give Eidos. And was stated on this in whether or not they have another profession, Hareza Apostle, they're still Apostle. So we see very clearly that the word Amosai is being used as an argument over here, and it's not coming to explain. There's a very clear argument between Rabbi Huda and the Chachamim. So the Gemara answers, Ahid Rabbi Huda Am Tarfani. That's actually from Rabbi Huda B'Shem Rab Tarfan to Tanya Eva Brisa. And this Brisa is talking about two people that are sitting, and they see a fellow walk by them, and one of them says, If that fellow's a Nazir, I'm going to be a Nazir. And the other person says, If that fellow's not a Nazir, I'm going to be a Nazir. And Am Rabbi Huda B'Shem Rab Tarfan, Nazir. Neither of those two people is a Nazir. Because the only way a person can become a Nazir is if he's mafli. He makes a clear expression of his intent to become a Nazir. It says in the Pasuk, When they're mafli, they have a very clear expression that they want to become a Nazir. And neither of these two people are very clear. Alma, we see from here, Since we're in doubt, whether or not this person passing by is a Nazir, he's not obligating himself to become a Nazir. So to here, Since this person doesn't know whether or not he's going to win the gambling game, therefore he's not fully makna his money that he put into the pot before they started playing this gambling game or racing pigeons or the like, and therefore it's something that we call a smachta loikanya that he's not really makna his money over and the other person is considered stealing when he takes it from him, therefore that's not valid. But that's Rabbi Huda saying it b'shem Rabbi Tarfin, that's not Rabbi Huda saying it on his own. When Rabbi Huda is commenting on his own and he says the word emasai, then it's never an argument, it's always just an explanation. Hajan al-chalayn, for finishing the seventh parak of Erevin, Bez Hashem, we should finish Masechah's Erevin together and finish all of Shas together. Everyone should have a wonderful day.